Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to the Political Insider Podcast. My name's Odin. I'm your host. And boy, do we have quite a lot of stuff to talk about in today's episode. Now, I was going to try to do this episode last night, but there was a storm coming through my area, so... Uh, I couldn't. The rain and hail was too loud. But uh, I've got quite a bit more to talk about, so that's always good. It is January 23rd, and a lot of a lot of stuff happened today. Most of it, uh, not good, not good stuff. But either way, I'm going to address it. So I'm just gonna go with the list that I've got over here on this paper and we should be getting through this pretty quickly um so everybody is or most people should have heard about the release the memo movement that's been going on it's very well known at this point in time uh so the house over 200 members of the house have seen the memos That's the last of what I read. And they all say that this is going to um, wreck a lot of people's careers. And they want to release it to the public. They want the public to be able to see this memo and create their own opinion on it, which I think is a really, really good step towards um, government transparency which that's a whole different topic to talk about, but this is a very good step towards us being able to even build up trust with our congressmen because if uh, most people are like me, uh, then a lot of people don't trust their congressmen. So uh, the House Republicans was the one that's seen it. The Senate Republicans, or, well, just the senators in general, they have not been able to see this memo, which uh, I think is a mistake, too. I think the Senate should be able to see it and read it, and they should also make a judgment because the Senate is, in my opinion, more important than the House. I mean, there's 100 senators. There's 435 representatives. Um, the Senate really casts the big votes and then they go to the House or vice versa. But the Senate is normally the final stopping point of a bill before it goes to the President's desk. The Senate is very, very important, and I think the Senator should be able to read this memo. Like, people like Rand Paul, they are very instrumental in right-wing politics today. Um, So... On Fox News, this article says that the four-page memo allegedly contains jaw-dropping revelations about U.S. government surveillance abuses. A representative, Dave Joyce, he's from Ohio, he said that the Americans will be surprised about how bad it is, and uh, releasing the memo could take up to 19 congressional working days, which would be about two and a half weeks. Um give or take nine days. Uh, so it needs to get approval by Devin Nunez first before it can even 
get a vote on being released. Um, I think if he's got any sense, he'll, he'll uh, approve the release. Uh, Dave Joyce, Republican Ohio, said that it was deeply disturbing. Um, as we all know, the Obama administration abused uh, FISA during the 2016 presidential campaign so that they could spy on Donald Trump and try to get him out of the race, which, of course, we all know how that ended up for him. I don't think that any of this will get as far as the Obamas or the Clintons. No, I don't think that this is going to change anything at all. I don't really believe that there's a lot of jaw-dropping information. I'll have to read it before I can make any judgments on it. Um, Matt Gates, he said the memo is jaw-dropping and demands full transparency. Um, mostly Republicans calling for the release of this, and Gates said the House must immediately make public the memo prepared by the Intelligence Committee regarding the FBI and the Department of Justice. Um, so this is two different government um, agencies, we can say, that have... Um, that are on record in this memo. So, um, what this implies is that it was the FBI and the DOJ that were abusing their FISA powers. So, um, I personally, I think it was the FBI that spied on Trump, but it could be one, the other, both, none. Uh, we don't know if this is exactly all true or not. It could just be forged lies by the Republicans to make themselves look good. Um, Mark Meadows said, Part of me wishes that I didn't read it because I don't want to believe that those kinds of things could be happening in this country that I call home and love so much. So this is implying that they are... Some of these things in this um, bill are just horrible. I really... Not this bill, I'm sorry, excuse me. And this memo are horrible. I really, really hope that's not true. But as we all know, the government does spy on us with the NSA, which I personally think that uh, these unnecessary government agencies like the NSA, the CIA, and then the FBI, they should all be disbanded. But that's uh, my radical opinion on that. Um, in other news, uh, my state legislator proposed a bill that would allow students to use sunscreen on school grounds because sunscreen on school grounds is a big issue in this state. That's really what our legislators need to be tackling. And... Uh, I don't, I don't see the point in this bill. I think that the choice of having sunscreen on school grounds should be up to the superintendent of said school. I don't think that that's really a state issue that my legislators need to be worrying about. I mean, I personally, if I were a legislator, I wouldn't even vote on this bill because it's pointless. I'm sure if I read more into it, I would find some sort of actual reason behind it, but um, just doesn't make any sense. So, um, Rand Paul, 
said he voted no on the spending bill, continuing resolution, and the government's back open, so that didn't do much. It was um, 81 to 18 with John McCain not voting, of course, because he doesn't want to perform his senatorial duties, and he just wants to sit at home in Arizona. Um, so Rand Paul voted no. We all can really figure out why he voted no. Um, there goes fiscal conservatism at it again, uh, trying to save money for this country and pay off the debt. Uh, so the thing with this, um, the vote on this continuing resolution is a lot of big names who are suspected to run for president in 2020 voted no on this, like Kamala Harris, Kirsten Gillibrand, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, all these big names voted no on this because they are refusing to vote on any bill that does not include DACA. And DACA needs to be its own separate bill. It does, doesn't even need to be in any budget at all, not even related to a budget. Um, so there have been numerous protests about this. One of these uh, um, outside Chuck Schumer's Brooklyn home. DACA supporters protested out of his home Tuesday night. Um, I think it was last week. They said a tweet from Sam Schwartz said, Protest today at 5.15 to 6.30 p.m. at Grand Army Plaza near Senator Chuck Schumer's home to protest budget deal that excludes help for DACA. Um, this is not okay. He may be a Democrat, and you may not agree with him, but it's not okay. It's not okay to go to somebody's house and protest outside of it because they didn't vote for what you wanted. That's not okay. It's okay if you write him a letter, send him an email, uh, protest outside of the Senate, protest somewhere else, but not outside of his house. That's not okay. That's where his wife lives. That's If he had kids, that's where his kids would live if they were still under 18. But it's not okay to go to somebody's house and protest. Even if, like, if I, I would not go to um, Nancy Pelosi's house and protest outside of it because she is um, a big supporter of illegal immigrants. I wouldn't go to her house and protest outside of it because that I wouldn't let her not get sleep because I disagreed that she voted on a bill. But that's just my opinion. Uh, not that it really ever matters what people say about this kind of stuff, because in the end, they're going to protest anyways. I don't know if they're ever going to get some common sense. But um, the Republicans, they have been doing very good in raising their approval ratings, and their polling numbers, I think they raised them 4 to 7% in some places uh, yesterday. 
And this was because they ended the shutdown. People are starting to see that it's not the Republicans' fault that there was a shutdown in the first place. It was the Democrats' fault that there was a shutdown because you need 60 votes and Republicans only have 51 votes. So um, there's no way they could have avoided a shutdown. Um, so these these text messages that the DOJ supposedly just lost, I don't know much about them. But apparently, um, it's a big thing. It's really important. And apparently there was some... Uh, after Trump's election, a couple uh, FBI agents were talking, and uh, one of them mentioned a secret society. Um, he said something like, I guess this is the first meeting of the secret society. Which, I mean, if it's true, come on, who's really going to be surprised? You can't look me in the eye and tell me that you're surprised. It's just not a thing. You can't really be surprised that there's a secret society in the U.S. government, or in ever, any government for that matter. Every government's going to have something to hide like that, some sort of controlling body to hide. It's not not something you should be surprised about. Um, so 3.6 million dreamers in the United States will flip Florida, Arizona, Georgia, and North Carolina blue. Thing is, this isn't really a uh, bold statement because Florida, Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, they're all swing states now. Especially Florida and North Carolina. Arizona and Georgia, not so much. They typically lean Republican, but they're still considered swing states because of rising populations in places like Phoenix, Tucson, Atlanta, um, Raleigh. Uh, Tampa, Miami, Jacksonville, all these big cities have rising populations. You can't expect the populations to rise without the demographics changing. That's just how life works. That's why the Democrats are going to start winning a lot of elections here in the coming years. But you can't, you can't expect it to not happen. I mean, if you deny that this would ever happen, you're just denying fact. But I don't think that this is a big issue. I just think that the Republicans need to step their game up on immigration. They either need to get a DACA bill passed that uh, gets deportations going, or they need to start appealing more to these uh, DACA kids and these illegals. There's a new, a new popular stance on illegal immigration. It's society. It's acceptable in society today. Um, like California, that's the state with the most. They've got 379,000. Texas, 211,000. Florida, 72,000. But Donald Trump won these states that he won, Texas, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina. He won them all by margins that are bigger than the number of legal, uh, or sorry, dreamers in the state. Like in Texas, 211,000. Trump won Texas by 807,000 votes. So 
it's not going to do much in terms of affecting the Republican vote in some of these states. Now, I do see Texas turning blue in the near future as uh, how close it was in this election. But I don't see it turning blue because of DACA kids. Uh, New California policy opens door to illegal immigrant voting. So, um, I mean, this isn't really a big thing because California has been a state for illegals for um, a decent amount of time now. They have a very, very good approval with illegals. And it's because of Governor Jerry Brown, who is, uh, he would be up for re-election this year, but he is out of term, so they're going to have to replace him. It'll either be a very, very extremely more liberal person than he is, or it's going to be somebody about the same. They're not going to elect somebody that would be, from my point of view, better than him. Uh, California is a sanctuary state, so uh, illegal immigrants are welcome there. And ICE can't even get in the state to deport these people because the state officials won't work with them. Um, so I don't know really why this is making headlines because illegals can already vote in California. But that's just my opinion on it. An illegal immigrant accused of molesting child and giving her herpes. This is not okay. And the worst part is, this happened in my state. An illegal immigrant accused of molesting a child and giving her genital herpes. He was charged in, excuse me, said state with five felony sex crimes. Excuse me, one minute. Alright, sorry about that. I had to get a drink of water there. Uh, my throat was getting a little dry, but I'm not going to say the name of the state. I'm sure some people listening already know what state this is. But um, he was 24. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I'm not good with foreign names. Um, he, it doesn't say much in here, it's just a two-liner. just says he gave her herpes and he was charged with crimes. I really hope this guy gets deported. And not just because he is an illegal, but if somebody as deranged as this man molests a child... Let's just say a random guy molested a child. That is not okay. These people that molest people and rape people should be given the death penalty. Maximum punishment. People like this are not people. If you molest somebody, you are not a person. It's not acceptable. And that is one problem with society today. This is becoming more and more acceptable, and people want to rehabilitate these people, which it's not going to happen. They're going to do it again. They need to be given the death penalty or the maximum punishment they can receive. 
if I were in charge of all this, any rapist, pedophile, molester, anybody accused of a crime like that would be given the death penalty. I don't have any respect for somebody that would do this. Uh, there are three different articles in this one article, so I might as well just talk about the three of them. Uh, the second one was very local. Um, kind of, kind of local. A Purple Heart recipient and his daughter were killed in a double homicide. But, oh, okay. No, this is just the one article then. So, this guy told Evansville Police he was undocumented immigrant from Mexico. Of course he was. And he admitted to police that he Oh my god, she was seven years old. Seven. This guy should be killed by a firing squad. He said he had sexual relations with her due to strong black magic that was being used against him. He was charged with five counts of child molesting, two counts of level one felonies, and three is level four felonies. Um, she was taken to the hospital for herpes, and she told them that she was molested by a man she knew. His bond is at $100,000. This guy's court hearing is February 27th. I don't think people like this, even if they are allowed to get back out of prison, which is completely stupid, they should not be able to get bonded out. Like, are you really that desperate for money that you're going to allow a child molester out of prison I don't know what's wrong with my state we need to I'm gonna have to send some emails to my state senators about this uh, but in other political news 2020 Dems played as a base by voting to extend government shutdown I talked about this earlier um a lot of prominent 2020 candidates voted to continue the shutdown. People like um, Kirsten Gillibrand, Kamala Harris, and Elizabeth Warren, and Cory Booker. They all voted against it, and so did Bernie Sanders. It's something that's going to really help the Democrats, I think. Um... A lot of the Democratic Party today is moving more towards the, um, I want to say, diverse community. There aren't going to be a lot of white Democrats for the next uh, 50 years, which is a good thing in a way. But the Democrats like to play racial politics with that and say that the Republicans are electing white males.
because they are white males, not because they're good candidates. When the Democrats are electing, um, they're electing a diverse candidates because they're diverse candidates, not because they're good candidates, which that might sound racist, but it's not. It is saying the truth. And I personally, I think that this will be a big winning point for the Democrats over the next 50 years because there's going to be a, a large increase of Latin Americans in this country, legal or illegal. And I think um, overall there's going to be a lot more illegals voting in elections, which is a problem that we need to fix, but we won't fix because um, our politicians refuse to. And the White House um, getting into a argument with Chuck Schumer's bogus phony negotiation after wall funding offer withdrawn. I don't understand why Donald Trump is going to keep trying for the wall when he knows he's not going to get funding. He's just agging it on. No, he's not going to get funding, which is a good thing because... The wall will be a waste of money. It's just going to increase illegal immigration as the wall is being built. We're going to get a surge of illegal immigrants when the wall is getting built. Because they're going to understand that once there's a wall there, they won't be able to get across the border illegally very easy. And as the wall is being built in these spots where there is no wall they're just going to cross and nobody's going to do anything about it it's just going to be like normal uh donald trump really just needs to stop he knows he's not going to get the wall funding they didn't get their daca funding why would he get wall funding there is no real immigration compromise in the budget bill and another school shooting in the United States. This is becoming common occurrence, which is not good. Uh, we have way too many school shootings in this nation, and we need to do something about it. Personally, I say we should arm the teachers and make them go to classes. But that's not a very popular idea in the country. Um, this school shooting was at Marshall County High School in Benton, Kentucky, and two people dead, 17 others injured. The guy was 15, and he was charged with murder and attempted murder. I think this guy should be charged uh, with the real crime of two murders, not just one, two. Uh, Governor Matt Bevan tweeted, Tragic shooting at Marshall County High School. Shooters in custody. One confirmed fatality. Multiple others wounded. Much yet unknown. Please do not speculate or spread hearsay. Let's let our, the first responders do their job and be grateful that they're there to do it for us. I don't live in Kentucky, but I live close enough to know that Matt Bevan is a decent governor i wouldn't say a good governor i'd say a decent governor um a shooting happened around 8 a.m he entered the school with a handgun uh 12 of the 17 suffered gunshot wounds uh, i wonder what the other five what happened to them but um 
one of the people killed was a 15-year-old female. She died at the scene, and a 15-year-old male who died at the hospital. Um, he, Ms. the governor, Matt Bevins, said the shooter is apprehended by police in a nonviolent manner. Um, I don't think that if these people are caught by police, I don't, I don't think they should be able to get caught by police. I think if the police see this person with a gun and they are 100% sure that is the shooter, they should just shoot on sight. I don't think these people deserve to be able to walk out of there alive when two of their fellow classmates don't get to walk out of there. Their families don't get to see them at night. But this guy's family will get to see him in prison. It's just not something that needs to happen. I don't understand why it's acceptable to let this guy walk out when the two students that died, they didn't get to walk out. But um, that's just my opinion. Uh, Matt Bevan tweeted again, The souls of Marshall County have been bruised and the fabric of the community has been torn, but the people of Benton, Kentucky, and the surrounding communities are strong. With faith in God and with reliance on friends and family, we will get through this dark day to get together. Uh, Rand Paul tweeted, deeply saddened by the tragic news out of Benton, Kentucky this morning and closely monitoring the situation. We mourn the lost and are praying for those who are injured, as well as our families, friends, and the heroic first responders. Mitch McConnell tweeted, closely tracking reports of the tragedy in Benton, Kentucky at Marshall County High School, and my thoughts are with the students, teachers, faculty, and the entire community. Thank you to the first responders who continue to put themselves in harm's way to protect us. I do think it's a good thing that the politicians pay attention to this kind of stuff, but I also do think that it's a publicity thing for them. I, this must sound horrible, but I really do think politicians use this as a publicity thing. I'm, they know that they can get a positive rep in their state if they address this in a good way and sound very, very extremely bothered by this. I'm not saying that they're not bothered by it, which they should be, and they probably are, but even if they're not, it, it gives positive reputation out there for them in their state. Um, James Comer tweeted, My thoughts and prayers go out to the students and faculty at Marshall County High School where there has been a tragic school shooting. Kentucky House Democrats from State Representative Will Corsi on this morning's tragedy at Marshall County High School. There is a statement there. Um, one of the students, Lexi Wayman, 16, said she and a friend were talking about the next basketball game, makeup and eyelashes when gunshots pierced the air. I assume this is her saying, I blacked out, I couldn't move, I got up and I tried to run, but I fell. I heard someone hit the ground. It was so close to me. I just heard it, and then I just... Everything was black for a good minute. Like, I could not see anything. I just froze and did not know what to do. Then I got up, and I ran. 
And then she continued and she said her chest hurt and she was struggling to breathe. All I could keep thinking was, I can't believe this is happening. I cannot believe this is happening. Um, it's really, it bothers me especially to know, to hear stuff like this and to know that this is a common occurrence in this nation and that it is becoming more and more common every year. Um, Dusty Kombacher, he owns a nearby floral shop, he said all the parking lots were full with parents and kids hugging each other and crying and nobody really knew what was going on. Barry Mann says 14-year-old son was put on a bus and taken to another school to be picked up. He gave me a call as soon as he ran out the door and I didn't know what was happening to him. It sounded like his heart was in his throat. Um, some guy named Garland said his son, a 16-year-old sophomore, jumped into someone's car and sped away before joining others inside his business. Everyone is just scared, just terrified for their kids, Garland said. We're a small town, and we know a lot of the kids. The community is about 120 miles northwest of Nashville. So this sounds like south, southern Kentucky. Um, the shooting comes one day after a student opened fire in Italy High School, about 45, 45 miles south of Texas, early Monday. So, um, this, this just recently happened. I mean, there's, the next article is titled, Recent School Shootings in the U.S., and it gives a list of the most recent school shootings. I'll just list them off here. Marshall County High School, Kentucky. This one we just talked about. Italy High School, Texas. That's the last one I addressed in here. Aztec High School, New Mexico. Uh, Rancho Tehama, Tehama Elementary School, California. And uh, Mattoon High School, Illinois. Uh... In the Aztec High School, it was a 21-year-old. He disguised himself as a student to get into the high school. And he was a former student. Uh, it's It ended in the guy shooting himself. Um, it said nobody was targeted, but they were at the wrong place at the wrong time. In the uh, Rancho Elementary shooting... It was a man in Northern California, and this was November 14, 2017. He killed five and wounded at least a dozen adults and children. Um, he was 44-year-old Kevin Neal. He rammed a car into the gates of Rancho Tahama Elementary School and shot at its, at its portable classrooms. Um... Um, in Mattoon High School, Illinois, a male student shot and injured a fellow student at a central Illinois high school on September 20th, 2017. This is too common of an occurrence. We don't see as many other developed nations having this happen to them. The only answer is that we put more more guns 
in the hands of law-abiding citizens. We need to eliminate a lot of this gun legislation, and we need to return these things to the states. That's the only way this can be prevented, is by putting guns in the hands of teachers and administrators and faculty at schools and having uh, student resource officers, I think that's what they're called now at schools. And there's two more on here. North Park Elementary School, California. Um, this is in San Bernardino, California. April 10, 2017. And then Liberty Salem High School, Ohio. Uh, January 20th, 2017. So these are all just within the last year that these have happened. This, like I said, this is too common of an occurrence. And uh, one of the last articles on here, Alabama lawmakers move to eliminate marriage licenses, throw up hands and culture wars. I applaud Alabama for this. I really, really hope that they eliminate marriage licenses because it is just dumb to have to get a license to get married. Who in the world thinks that you should have to have a license when you get married? Not only is it a waste of time, it's a waste of money. And really, it's just a way to keep um, people, homosexuals, and the LGBT community from getting married. But the sponsor, Republican Senator Greg Albritton, said no one particularly likes changing our law, I'll tell you that. However, under the circumstances, it's the best thing we can do. Um, I See, this Alabama state law defines marriages between a man and a woman. And it gives judges discretion in issuing marriage license. So really, that's all it is. It's a way of discriminating and not allowing gays to marry. But, you know, we're ushering in a new, um, more liberal platform in the United States. And the good old Roy Moore say he disagrees with the proposed legislation to replace state marriage licenses with private contracts. We need to take a stand for holy matrimony and defend our laws as defined by God in the Constitution of Alabama. Now, I don't mean to rant here, but... Oh, sorry about that. I believe that people like Roy Moore, who swear up and down by the Bible, but then go and touch a child... I don't think that a real Christian or a Catholic or whatever he is, I don't think they touch children. I don't believe that in the Bible it says to go and touch a child inappropriately. In fact, I think in the Bible it says that any premarital sexual intercourse is a sin. So Roy Moore is just as bad as the illegal who gave this seven-year-old girl herpes. Um, except the Roy Moore case, of course. We don't know if it's 100% true or not. I believe that it's true. But that's just a matter of opinion. Alright, last article. Floridians to consider second chance measure to restore felons' voting rights. Um, 
I think this is a great thing. I think that felons who have served their time and gotten their punishment should have the right to vote. Because if you don't think that somebody who is out of prison has served their time, has gotten their punishment, if you don't think they should have the right to vote, then essentially there's no real reason behind it. There's no factual reason to deny somebody the right to vote based on their prison history. If they're out of prison, they had a good record in prison, there's no reason to deny them the right to vote. But 60% of the population that's voting has to support the amendment. It would give 1.5 million felons the right to vote, excluding those convicted of murder or sex crimes. This is, it's a good bill. I think it's a very, very good bill. Um, Desmond Mead, he has some personal reasons for supporting the proposal because he is a convicted felon and his wife ran for state house in 2016 and she lost. Um, Florida currently bans ex-felons from voting on a permanent basis unless they're granted clemency by the Florida Board of Executive Clemency. I think it's a good bill. I think it should happen. I would personally, I'd like to see how it goes out, how it works out in Florida. And if it doesn't work, then I'll change my view on the thing. But until it's proven to not work, I'm going to support giving convicted felons that have served their crime, their sentence and who are not convicted of, um, I forget what it says in here, oh, murder or sex crimes. I believe that they should have the right to vote. I don't see a real reason in not allowing them to have the right to vote, but that's just my opinion. And as always, I want to thank you for tuning in to tonight's um, episode, whether you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, or via the website which this podcast is hosted on. You can always find the podcast on other platforms, like I said, iTunes, Google Play, or via the website. Uh, If you have any questions... You can always contact me through one of those three uh, podcast services. Um, I don't know how easy it is to, but I know there's a way. And uh, just thank you for tuning in. Have a great night.